0: Welcome to the Phase World Podcast, engaging conversations that cross the boundaries between business, art, and the digital world.
1: Welcome back to the Phase World Podcast. This is episode number 11. It's a new milestone for me, and this is part two with Michael O'Malley. In part one, if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend that you do so. In that episode, we talked about the first defining competition for Mr. O'Malley's career as a U.S. team member, as a captain. And really going back to when he was a young boy, you know, what it's like to train 10 to 12 hours a day. And what is the process to be selected for the U.S. team. And Mr. O'Malley really relates to his experience in Taekwondo competitions of the highest caliber and also shares the relationships he formed with his teammates. Anyway, in this episode, you will actually learn about the Taekwondo school Mr. O'Malley founded where he continues his teaching as the principal instructor today. I myself Uh, I'm still benefiting from the training and I very much look forward to my practice multiple times a week. So let me tell you a few things about O'Malley Taekwondo Center. It teaches traditional martial art and practical self-defense for men, women, and children. The program is an individualized and comprehensive approach to helping students achieve their fitness level. So, in other words, instead of only focusing on a student's strength, Mr. O'Malley actually helps overcome his or her unique challenges. Mr. O'Malley created a unique program to teach children and adults how to be confident and powerful on the inside and out. In addition to Taekwondo hand and kicking techniques, Mr. O'Malley has made self defense module a requirement for all of us. During day and summer camps um, at the center, Ms. O'Malley creates workshops for young campers to practice power poses, learn extensive self-protection strategy, and participate in anti-bully programs conducted by police officers. I also want to mention that beyond Taekwondo practice, Ms. O'Malley has introduced a line of extraordinary people who teach his students in a variety of subjects and skills. So without further ado, I'm sure you're eager to learn all about Mr. O'Malley's school, and here comes Michael O'Malley. What you do today, I think, when we start talking about education, overcoming fear, um, you've started a school about th- over three and a half years ago here in Peabody, uh, Massachusetts. Now, this is about... I, don't know exactly but perhaps 15 20 miles from uh, downtown boston and you opened up this wonderful school that you know many of your students from 20 30 40 years ago are still following you uh, to this location uh, regardless of the distance um, to their homes so do you mind giving us uh, an overview of this so I, I want the audience to kind of hear that from you what the school is about, and uh, you know, the type of members, and perhaps if you know, some, of, some of them are interested in meeting you in person, considering your instruction, uh, how do they find you?
2: As you said, we opened up about three and a half years ago. Um, of course, you know, I've been teaching Taekwondo for over 40 years now,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um, I've trained um, Anywhere from a four-year-old child, mm-hmm. you know, to an 85-year-old woman,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, to Olympic athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, the type of system that I develop, it may be, you know, uh, somewhat surprising because we've been just talking about competition stuff for a while here, mm. is, um, I really don't teach it in terms of competition, uh, at all.
0: Mm.
2: And, um. So in effect, I'm teaching more the traditional base system, the original approach mm-hmm. that was created by General Che and the original approach that we utilized in Boston during the early 70s uh, with emphasis on practical, no-nonsense mm-hmm. um, techniques and, of course, you know, practical self-defense, mm-hmm. self-protection skills, as we like to call it, um, with, um, with this original or balanced approach that is um, utilizing your your hands and your feet mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just being one-dimensional mm-hmm. and using what's best mm-hmm. uh, with emphasis on power and speed and
1: precision-hmm and the school opens seven days a week you know it's hard for most people to imagine how much work that it's involved not only that unlike uh, many other schools that I you know I, I have um I'm not as familiar with, but um, knowing their names or schedule, that you've implemented a very aggressive schedule. Um, the school has over 40 classes, 35, 40 classes a week, targeting different levels. Um, so why is that approach? It's basically an institution. It's a center that opens all day. Yeah.
2: Well, there's, there's two reasons. One mm-hmm. is, of course, I wanted to make it um, convenient for people to come and so the seven-day-a-week routine um, does just that enables members to come in and fit it into their
0: schedule
2: Mm -hmm. Um, of course up here i have a lot of children as well and parents are working up here it's a blue collar area Mm -hmm. Um, so you got very often two parents working
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so we have classes basically from three thirty until 9 o'clock at night it's just continuous classes mm-hmm. and so it gives them a chance to come in um, when it's convenient
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and then what it also does is for people um, that really develop a, a strong passion for it much like what I did mm-hmm. and and others that I was associated with um, at the Boston School um it gave them a chance to really pursue um, mm-hmm. developing their taekwondo skills in a much faster,
0: mm-hmm.
2: broader fashion, as opposed to them being only able to come in a couple of days a week at mm-hmm. prearranged times that most schools have mm-hmm. their schedules set up. Um, it is, you know, very labor-intensive. I, I um, it, to to run the school in that way, but. I I think the main thing is that I I really find a lot of joy and passion Mm
0: -hmm. in doing
2: what I do, and it hasn't changed. I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel as passionate today as I did when I first walked into school as a 14-year-old and started my first class, Mm -hmm. and I find a lot of joy in teaching. Um, Even just the very simplest movements, Mm -hmm. the most rudimentary steps to a, five-year-old white belt kid or Mm -hmm. you know a 40-year-old executive you Mm -hmm. know um so while that passion is still there for me um i don't see myself doing anything else you know Mm -hmm. it's a circle of love and i I decided that uh, if we're going to be open then we should just be open to the community as as often as we can and and it'll give people a chance to work out as frequently as they want and Mm -hmm. you know the cream will rise to the top and then you'll have those others that want to just practice you know two or three times a week mm-hmm. um, at their pace and that's quite all right too you yeah. know we're not looking to to train you know Olympic athletes you know mm-hmm. we're just trying to improve people's uh, lives mm-hmm. uh, and um,
1: and I completely echo that feedback as a as personally as a practitioner of Taekwondo for nearly 14 years now it's <laughs> It's time really flies and I remember after practicing Taekwondo for about five years, four or five years after getting my uh, first degree black belt, uh, I didn't feel a sense of arrogance. Obviously, there are other black belts uh, in the community as well, but I did feel part of myself slowing down and that somehow changed very drastically um, when you came to the school, when I was able to learn from you. And then all of a sudden, all my techniques, including the very basic ones, were improving so drastically. Um, I feel like part of me is uh, relearning Taekwondo on a on a whole new level. So, I I think while your passion is still here, I would highly encourage people um, at every age level, men or women, adult or children, to um, consider this fantastic opportunity because I think it's really um, It's a privilege for the North Shore, Massachusetts community to have someone like you and to be able to learn from you directly.
2: And one of the things I found is um, I also, um, you may be surprised to hear too, I mean, I have that passion, but I also had to reinvent myself Mm -hmm. in some ways um, as an instructor. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when I was teaching in these other locations in Boston and in Cambridge, Really didn't have a lot of children mm-hmm. and um, up here in, in Peabody you know we we have um, the children's program um, is, is doing really well
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, so I had to find ways in order to engage children mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and one of the strategies I decided is when I opened up the school and this is one of the things I think that separates us from from other martial arts schools, is I decided not to dumb down mm-hmm. the techniques that we teach kids, mm-hmm. and and the, and the method in which we teach kids, and so I made a decision that I was going to teach everything um, similar to what we teach adults mm-hmm. in terms of the techniques. Now teaching classes are a little bit different in terms of the design of the classes because we want to make it, kids want to have fun, so we do things mm-hmm. that are fun that I wouldn't maybe do with adults.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So you, you make it fun and interesting and sometimes you're goofy, sometimes you're serious and you got to mm-hmm. kind of know when to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know and and adults are always you know very serious you Mm -hmm. know teach me learn i know and and you know with kids you know you can teach them something you know you teach this five-year-old green belt kid how to do a particular technique and Mm -hmm. you tell him okay now i want you to work on that you know um, for the next five ten minutes in front Mm -hmm. of the mirror Mm -hmm. as soon as you turn your back and they're running down end of the dojang and they come flying by you doing a flying sidekick something totally different than you asked them to do (laughs) and then they're off on their own so that's different Mm -hmm. but they still need to when they in order to progress to the ranks they still have to perform techniques as as the same as we we expect the adults to do
1: Mm -hmm. and I, i i have a lot of respect for that because some of the taekwondo forms as we all know are quite complex even for adults and i've witnessed uh, kids aged six, seven, eight years old really practicing with you and then sometimes on their own and I will be observing these tests and I'm stunned what they could do and I'm sure their parents feel even more so that way and I, I think they it's a very, very special experience
2: yeah, well, you know there's the physical component, and it just it it does require more effort with um, with children, mm-hmm. um, you do get these special kids who come in who are like mm-hmm. five, but going on like twelve, you know, or mm-hmm. twelve going on like eighteen. But um, you know, kids are kids, and but you know, there, there are ways of pushing their buttons to get them to perform, mm-hmm. um, and the expectation is there for them to um, elevate the way they think, mm-hmm. and for them to. Um, Elevate their skills to a certain standard uh, Mm -hmm. that we expect Mm -hmm. for all ranks.
1: I think Uh, one of the areas that you mentioned, and I have witnessed, um, and parents have witnessed, and really benefit a ton from, is that you have these. uh, You have a very personal approach, and you have you spend time having these heartfelt conversations. In my opinion, with these children, because in this day and age. Unfortunately, we've raised children, a generation of children, who are extremely sensitive to failure. And meaning, if they watch a Bruce Lee movie, then they cannot immediately perform something in that movie, then they start crying, they start this, They start to break down. So uh, I've seen those scenarios before, but somehow you're able to turn them around. And these kids are very young, and I'm sure the conversations are not easy to have. So. How do you? Why do you do that? And and how do you do that exactly? And I know parents really appreciate this, this effort, but it's a lot to ask on your end. Well,
2: as I said, the reinvention part of me (laughs) um, realized how much I actually enjoyed teaching young people. Mm -hmm. As I said, I spent most of my life training elite athletes and uh, adults who were. Focused and motivated in their own life, I and mean, we we're talking about well, people like you, for example, mm-hmm. but also you know you have professors and
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, famous surgeons, and you know these people you know they show up and you show them what to do, and you know they're they're always focused and they'll they'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know I, I take a, a an affection with these kids, and um, I can kind of put myself in their shoes and. Um, The first thing that I want to do is is try to change the way they feel inside in terms of being confident Mm -hmm. and so how do we reach them to do that and of course you know the techniques itself in the success of moving from one rank to the next Mm -hmm. uh, lends itself to one becoming more confident whether you're an adult or a child Mm -hmm. but I learned that you that really needed to do more than that, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of schools pay lip service to this, um, where they say they're training kids to be confident, but how do they actually do it? Yeah. The kids come in and they kick and punch and they go through the movements. Okay, so maybe there are some kids who are just naturally confident,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and they move through the ranks and they they become pretty good but what about all these other kids not everybody Mm -hmm. is confident Mm -hmm. and so i wanted to try to reach out to them on the subconscious level as well so we talk about feeling powerful Mm -hmm. and we acted out in class by uh, first introducing themselves Mm -hmm. looking at somebody in the eye Mm -hmm. you know the warmth and the firmness of their handshake Mm -hmm. How do they face somebody's shoulders you know expanded chin up Mm -hmm. Um, how they walk Mm -hmm. we actually practice walking Mm -hmm. in the school and -hmm. and kids kind of we have have fun with it Um, some kids joke around and so forth and Mm -hmm. it kind of breaks down and it gets to be pretty funny sometimes (laughs) Um, but there's a purpose behind it um, I want them to feel powerful even if and, and show power on the outside their self-image mm-hmm. um, you know bullying is a huge problem mm-hmm. these days huge. and I don't think it's much different than when I was growing up you know just in the old days if somebody yeah. bothered me in school I'd punch him in the face and, you know my brothers would join in um, but you know kids are not taught to be aggressive like this and we don't teach kids to be aggressive but we also teach them that they have a right to be left alone
0: yeah
2: um they have um no one should put their hands on them, mm-hmm. and you know newspapers are filled of stories of teachers getting you know uh, beaten and even killed up here mm-hmm. in Danvers. a young, young
0: girl oh, in her twenties
2: yeah. was was, yeah. was um killed in, in in danvers and and it really hits home because mm-hmm. if these kids can learn how to uh, project this power and confidence from the outside. Mm-hmm. The chances are uh, decrease dramatically that somebody is going to bother them.
1: Yeah, I think it's very true. Um, it, during our self-defense programs and seminars, and um, you had mentioned that these predators will look for cues. You know, when they're on the street, and they typically look for people who appear to be less confident, were very distracted on their phones, and I think even as an adult woman myself you know working in downtown that's something because of taekwondo i remind myself every day when i leave work when i go to work uh, i'm very conscious of it you know
2: that's good to hear Um, you know that's part of the self-defense strategies that we teach Mm -hmm. uh, specific you know strategies Um, there was um, just a quick story there was a um, a study done um, by some some social group done through the prison system throughout the u s mm-hmm. and they uh, had asked questions uh, to guys who were imprisoned for you know robberies and assaults mm-hmm. um, and they wanted to find out um, how they actually chose their victims mm-hmm. and make a long story short they what what ended up happening is they found out that um a huge majority of people pick their victims Mm -hmm. based on how they walked Mm -hmm. by how they walked Mm -hmm. so you know you walk down the street and you could just imagine the head is down Mm -hmm. you know you're not paying attention
0: Mm
2: -hmm. um you, you know you're distracted you got things in your hands things that they probably want you know mm-hmm. iphones and all this mm-hmm. um versus somebody who's walking down the street that's attentive that looks confident um mm-hmm. and instead of choosing that confident person they would choose the unconfident looking mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. and um and that's pretty eye-opening because you know when i teach you know these children um, these are one of the things that we we really stress mm-hmm. is their body image you know what does your image give off what does it tell others about you
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so we work on what we call power poses mm-hmm. I actually ask them to stand up and show me
0: mm.
2: a pose that um, depicts power and confidence mm-hmm. and you know you get all some of it's pretty funny <laughs> um, you know some kid puts two of his hands on top of his head and <laughs> you know while standing there and then the other kid you know he's in a fighting stance which is not what we want them to do uh-huh. uh, we just want them to be in a neutral posture yeah, uh-huh. but you know <laughs> they get pretty creative and imaginative um, but the whole point is 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 your body language and what does it say about you Mm-hmm. And so we work on these power poses. And taekwondo, as a as a system, and like most martial arts, um, the simple movements done in front of a mirror um, are actually power poses, whether we're thinking about it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes on more meaning, especially for children. Mm-hmm. Um, So we work on that. Even if you're not feeling powerful inside, you know, Mm -hmm. if we have them make a small speech in front of a small group of kids, Mm -hmm. you could be nervous as heck inside, but you project outside Mm -hmm. that you you have power, Mm -hmm. you know, that you look confident.
1: I think in addition to teaching um, kids to be very powerful, And one of the observations I had is you also respect um, a lot of their individuality. Not every kid is the same physically, they're built differently, Um, you know, some kids are naturally very athletic, some of the other ones not as much, but you've taken each one of them in and and really teach them equally and um, really, uh, you know, create a system, really tailor a program to their individual needs.
2: Yeah, well, you know, this has always been a teaching Mm -hmm. philosophy anyways, no matter who it was, Mm -hmm. what age they were, Um, you know, we're not turning out assembly line robots. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, So, you know, you do, Mm -hmm. as a teacher, I believe, any teacher that's good probably Mm -hmm. thinks the same way I do, Mm -hmm. um, that you know, you have to look at the individual themselves and look at their strengths and weaknesses and find out what makes them tick, what motivates them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to give all the kids, um, you know, as much, you know, personal time as mm-hmm. I can. But, you know, as the school grows, it becomes a little bit harder on the individual basis, um, mm-hmm. but which is why, you know, we, we have other instructors that are trained, you know, to yes. do that too.
1: Speaking of uh, other instructors, uh, one of the very unique opportunity you've brought to the North Shore community is your connection through some of the world famous musicians, artists, athletes, of course, and you've introduced them, you've embedded them in your school. Um, if I were to name a few of those, you know, uh, Ralph Peterson Jr., who's an instructor and uh, you know a jazz musician and um, some of you are um, very uh, basically uh, US teen friends as well, um, and also someone like my mom who's an artist, and we all play a, a very significant a significant part at the school. And I think in turn the children are exposed to different skills, different cultures, uh, different ethnicities. Uh, perhaps, you know, um, not every, uh, every family here is connected to um, a family of a different culture, but I think you really build a um, learning experience a very unique learning experience for them
2: yeah well again that goes uh, again with the reinvention uh, (laughs) of myself but also the way I think about a school should be within a community Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I believe a school should teach so much more than just how to kick and punch is so much more that we could do as instructors and as martial arts schools not just Taekwondo like schools mm-hmm. um, that would benefit the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. I mean majority of students within a, a school um, come from within a one mile to one and a half mile radius mm-hmm. I mean you know three quarters of the members right
0: mm-hmm.
2: so it's within that basic framework that you try to create a, a community. Um, and one of the things that, of course, you know, you and, and, and Ralph and, and Adam and Ivan and, and the others that have been up to the school, mm-hmm. uh, that have known me for a long time,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, you bring a special, very special element um, to these people's lives. Mm-hmm. And you're right, you know, it's a chance for them to maybe experience things that they haven't. I mean, in their normal public schools, Mm -hmm. There's very little in the way of music. There's very little in the way of um, developing as an individual. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you're kind of expected um, to be that way. For example, like sport teams at schools, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's team or an individual sport, Mm -hmm. when you participate in these sports, you're expected Mm -hmm. to be focused. Mm -hmm. You're expected to be... Um, a leader you're expected to have confidence mm-hmm. right um very little is taught in terms of that aspect mm-hmm. but the way i look at it is that's why we exist as a school
0: mm-hmm. to
2: provide that to the community mm-hmm. so there are not that many places you can really think of um that you can send a child and have them learn Mm -hmm. how to be confident Mm -hmm. how can I make my child more focused Mm -hmm. right Um, and so that's why schools like ours would exist and I think that helps the community at large so providing um, um, access to someone like Ralph Peterson who's a world-famous jazz drummer and, and, and plays the trumpet and He's a professor at the Berklee College of Music. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a blessing to have him at the school. Mm -hmm. Um, And the kids get a chance to experience learning from someone of his caliber. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, you and your mom with uh, God given talents of, of art. And, uh, and yeah, no, in Chinese language, I was getting to a Chinese language. Uh-huh. Um, you just have a uh, unique way of relating uh, to the members. Mm-hmm. Um, and we expand the way that they think. You expand them, their way of thinking of Chinese language and Chinese culture mm-hmm. um, they get to see these beautiful works of art uh, that Tracy mm-hmm. uh, has provided mm-hmm. um, that your mom has, has, um, has developed for our school mm-hmm. and has taught the kids um, and um, this, uh, this will last for the rest of their lives and I'm sure it makes an impact on, on most of the kids. And so it's one way for the school to be a center of learning,
0: mm-hmm.
2: center of culture, and a center of community, learning culture and community.
1: Right. And then one example I could think of, i for some reason I could never forget this moment, is um, I think either our first or second anniversary, and it was immediately after, it was a ceremony, was held after uh, one of the, the test, rank tests that we had, and a little five or perhaps six year old was carrying the chair and it was way bigger than he was. And he was helping with a clean up enthusiastically, putting things away, you know, serving cakes to members. And his parents were asking him like, how come you never do this at home? And what is going on here? He's like, dad, this is a place of great meaning that I am here to do something <laughs> <laughs> at home that's not very significant <laughs> so I, I think because of that behavior they influence um, other kids as well right when we think about if with the little kids look at me as an adult woman was saying okay you do this it's less relatable versus another five another six-year-old doing this then I start to question you know some of the behaviors at home and we talked about um, bullying but uh, and also at the school even when bullying is not involved school can be a tough place to be and i hear some of the conversations when the kids come to uh, our school of the challenges they've had the things that the kids who say to each other and those are forbidden words at at your school you know you um the kids know that they're not allowed to make fun of one another they have to respect each other they have to help each other and today when i walk into the school um, it's teamwork and collaboration. We talked about individuality, but also teamwork that you are helping kids, you're teaching kids to teach Taekwondo. And the better they teach, the better they learn. And I know that at the beginning, they really, they stutter a little bit, they really struggle, okay, do this, don't do that. You actually teach, imagine a seven or eight year old how to teach the Taekwondo they know. Uh, I think that's really incredible, and I can see them improve on a daily basis, mm-hmm. you know, even without their parents being observing every every second of it, but they're different <coughs> people
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know um, yeah.
1: you're raising good citizens, in other words, I mean, that's what we need for our community. so um so before closing <laughs> before closing i I don't want people to leave this podcast with. Pre or misconceptions of what um, whether Taekwondo is for them or not and a few very common questions I think it's better for you to address okay. um, is for uh, for children some of the parents approach me and ask my kids are not very uh, athletic or coordinated um, you know they haven't really done very well in, in school sports uh, can they join They're their little naughty and um, what's your advice
2: well um when they come to the school, um, you find that a large percentage of kids are not the types of kids that would fit in to group sports. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether they're just mentally not ready, Mm -hmm. um, physically they're maybe not capable of a particular sport. Mm -hmm. Um, But when they come to the school, you find that It's those kids that really tend Mm -hmm. to do really well. Mm. Um, Because Taekwondo, you learn at your pace. Mm -hmm. You're you're not competing with anyone else. You're competing Mm -hmm. with yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. I think the competition aspect frightens kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And some kids just are not ready to deal with it. Uh, whereas when they come and do martial arts, what's expected is that you're just there to do your best mm-hmm. and if you don't do great today, you'll do better tomorrow
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, and of course, you know that we have ways of um, goal setting for them so mm-hmm. they can move up the ranks and then their confidence increases and their ability increases mm-hmm. and then maybe one day they might see themselves as um, um, seeing the possibility of even becoming a black belt and beyond
1: yeah thank you and then um, Um, yeah sorry go ahead
2: yeah Um, so you know the first step to doing any of that is just to come by the school Mm -hmm. and um, or a school if you happen not to be close to where I am and you can't really make it Mm -hmm. is to go and watch a class or two Mm -hmm. and of course meet and talk to the instructors Mm -hmm. and um, I think once you watch, you know, within, you know, five minutes it will either strike you the right way or it won't. Mm -hmm. Um, But I always felt like the biggest thing is don't look for the place that's the closest to you. Right. Um, I realize convenience is important, but something like this which can um, deeply affect a a person's life Mm -hmm. um, is not to be taken lightly. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, you know, if your child said to you, Mom, I want to quit the fifth grade, Mm -hmm. you would sit down and talk to them about why school is important and education is important. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: So when it comes to martial arts, it's just as important to find a place that you can Mm -hmm. commit yourself to with you, the parent, realizing... um, that this is something that would be important for their life. Yeah. You know?
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, And so you don't want to just give up on it. It shouldn't be a novelty. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: you would want them to stay with it. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, It's just like, you know, a child learning how to swim. I mean, in most cases, I don't know many parents that won't make sure that their child knows how to to swim because the inherent dangers of being in the water. And on land, you know, you want to make sure that the kids because of the inherent dangers that are out there as well mm-hmm. Give them a practical sense of being able to defend themselves mm-hmm. and then make them strong powerful confident
1: mm-hmm. You
2: know kids and young adults and, and eventually adults.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. is a great answer um, One of two more common questions. Um, the second one is whether for kids or adults um, they've you know some people started taekwondo or another form of martial art I guess that's a little more complex Uh, they've earned a green or blue belt and they really would like to um, start again perhaps it's inspired by this podcast knowing who you are um, how should they consider about kind of picking it up
2: well um, we start off all new members whether you've had training or not Mm -hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter what you've done Uh, we start you with private lessons so you don't join classes right at the start
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and that gives us a chance to assess if you practice before
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, what your abilities are and what you have practiced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there may be some um, relearning of particular movements but quite frankly when you join a school you're coming in as a student and your job is to learn mm-hmm. um, so whether you have to relearn something or mm-hmm. learn something fresh um, nonetheless mm-hmm. you know you you come in as, as a student and that that's what your your parameters are
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, so as, as long as you're willing to be open to the learning and again you get a positive frame of mind
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, we're gonna teach you the best we know how mm-hmm. and you take from that um, and, and, mm-hmm. and learn and become good
1: yeah know? exactly um, so last question, and thanks for spending the time. I know it's been uh, a long interview so far. The last question is oftentimes with adults, and as an adult, I, you know, I, I hopefully I represent um, a group of people and hopefully encourage them to join in. But I do get questioned a lot. You know, adults in their 30s, 40s, 50s saying. Uh, you know, am I, is it too late for me to start, and, um, you know, would I feel awkward as an adult practicing with younger children in a class, which I love, by the way, I love practicing the teenager and even little kids in the class for diversity, so what is, um, you know, how do we address this? Well,
2: first of all, you know, there's Mm -hmm. Um, a myriad of classes that are specifically for adults only mm-hmm. um, and then we do offer family classes where the moms and dads and adults if they
0: mm-hmm. choose to
2: come in can practice and you know um, and we, we you know, sometimes I'll have the parents practicing with their kids mm-hmm. which is the whole point of family classes to mm-hmm. just practicing adults and kids because sometimes you know you, you need to Mm-hmm. Arrange people by height, weight, and mm-hmm. experience, and all that. Stuff, you know? mm-hmm. So that's all done, that's all inherent within the classes itself.
0: Mm-hmm. But I would
2: say that, look, learning never stops. Mm-hmm. The only time it stops is when we die. Mm. So it doesn't matter whether you're 90 years old, you know, mm-hmm. or an 18 year old hockey player, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you have the ability to learn and if you have interest in this we will teach you you mm-hmm. know what what you need to know mm-hmm. and you can learn at your pace and have fun and make friends and and do something to enrich your life mm-hmm. um, you'll develop if you're interested in learning uh, self-defense we'll work on um, the self-protection skills and strategies so you mm-hmm. can you know kind of walk around mm-hmm. if you're a nurse you know leaving the hospital you know at mm-hmm. 1 a.m. and you're in a and mm-hmm. walking out to the parking lot and you feel um, a little bit intimidated or frightened mm-hmm. and sometimes you have a right to be mm-hmm. um, we can alleviate some of that mm-hmm. um, by giving you the proper strategies and training you
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, it doesn't take a long time to learn it it mm-hmm. just takes some effort so as long as you don't mind sweating mm-hmm. um, it's a great workout mm-hmm. um, In some ways you know with adults it's almost like rediscovering your legs again Mm -hmm. you know the flexibility Mm -hmm. and all the kicking and Mm -hmm. I found that with women um, leg strength is very similar to men where upper body strength might be a little bit different
0: Mm, and so
2: through Taekwondo we work on developing these powerful kicking techniques Mm -hmm. and you'll work on hitting the punching bags and pads so you can see the results of what we teach you and and on top of that, you'll you'll make you know and meet some very interesting people like you and Ralph and me and, and others. You yeah, know?
1: indeed. And I realize that still my best, still all the best friends I have in my life are from Taekwondo. <laughs> Thank you so much for the interview.
2: It was my pleasure.